Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Started my own online store and uh, we sold that one about seven years later. But in the process, I taught my my daughters how to start their online store. They made six figures before they stepped into high school. And then I'm like, I'm going to start a pillowcase business. I started that. And then eventually I had, I taught my daughters, um, I started teaching my sister and friends how to do it. And then people started asking me, can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I was like, sure, why not? Allison Prince, welcome to the Fearless Sellers podcast. I am thrilled to have you on the show today. I admire your energy, your passion for helping people find products to sell online. We're going to dig in to how you went from being a school teacher to building four multi-million dollar businesses with four kids, and you landed a spot on the Inc. 5000 list. Thank you so much for having me. And as you say that, that's still so shocking to me. I was a school teacher. I was teaching junior high kids about Newton's Law. And so for you to say that, I still have to pinch myself that this is actually my reality. And it sounds like a lot more fun than talking about Newton's Law, right? You get to help people build businesses. I don't know. I'm kind of a dork, so I... (laughs) I don't know. I like dorky topics, including marketing and helping people sell online. I just have a I think I just love teaching people. I think that's where my passion lies. Yeah, the passion. I could see that being a school teacher. And now you get to teach them about nerdy, sexy things that also make them money. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I taught math and science and everybody's like, Kyle, you were smart. And I'm like, no, it was junior high math. It was like basic, basic. And I said, I just, instead of all the weird X, Y, all that stuff, I'm like, just put a dollar sign. It makes sense when you put dollar signs in front of it, right? And they were like, oh, it does. And so I would just talk in money and it just made sense to people. And so, I don't know, that's kind of, I I love talking in money. It works out really well. I like talking in dollar amounts too. So currently, what businesses are you running? Currently, I have a blog. I started that, oh, clear back when blogs were the thing. And that, I think it's been going for 13 or 14 years. And that was kind of like my playground. And uh, I have two other co-founders uh, in that one. And we were like pinching pennies at that time. And we heard blogging was a thing. And so we started and we had to each put in $125 and that was such a big investment for us. I and mean, we had kids in diapers. We had to push those diapers a little bit longer, take from the diaper fund to be able to all pitch in $125. And blogging was amazing, but it doesn't pay very at all for the first couple few years. And what I think it really taught me was we would get people to come to our site and then I would talk about products and then I would be sending people away to another site to buy. So I'm like, why? Am I bringing people in to send them with their money somewhere else? And so that's when I started thinking about doing e-commerce. And I didn't even know what the word e-commerce was for years. And actually, I wouldn't admit to myself that it was called e-commerce because that's like the ugliest word ever. Like, can we not make it prettier? I I don't even know. So people are like, do you own e-commerce? Are you an e-commerce? I'm like, no, I don't do that stuff. I sell stuff online. I sell products online. (laughs) Like e-commerce is just such a weird word to me. And and so, yeah, I started my own online store and uh, we sold that one about seven years later. But in the process, I taught my my daughters how to start their online store. They made six figures before they stepped into high school. And then I'm like, I'm going to start a pillowcase business. I started that. 
And then eventually I had, I taught my daughters. Um, I started teaching my sister and friends how to do it. And then people started asking me, can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I was like, sure, why not? And so now six years, six, seven years later, I've been teaching people how to sell products online. So been such a wild ride. And Joy, I'm sure when you started, you had no idea of the world that's out there. You're just like, I'm just going to sell some products, right? Right. Yeah. And you don't understand the opportunity that it opens when you give it a try. And I I love that you started with your family because I did the same thing. I was with my sister and I was like, we are going to buddy up and we're going to do this. You had more success with your family than I did with my sister. It was more my dream than hers, but it I still learned a lot. So much, so much. And I think it's like with me and my daughters and then my sister, I think it gave me the confidence to know that I could teach other people how to do it, right? Because, I mean, you see a lot of people online and they're like, I did this, but then they, no one else can replicate it. And so I think you going out there and teaching other people and talking about it and, and learning what sticks and what doesn't leads you to where you're supposed to go, whether it is to be a teacher or whether it is to stay in the field, like just getting out there and talking about it. And like that clarity opens up tremendously. Yes. And let's talk about your two kids. You just said that you were helping build a business. Now they hit the six figure mark. Yeah. Before they stepped foot into high school. And a lot of people are like, yeah, Allison, you just did it for them. No, because at that time, my e-commerce business was multi, multi-million dollar a year business. And then um, the blog was starting to hit million, multi-million dollar business. So I was running too. And then that pillowcase business, that was up there too. So I'm like trying to run three businesses. I hadn't started coaching at the time. I didn't have time to help them. I mean, I still had to put dinner on the table, um, grocery shop, like all the things. And so when people are like, yeah, you just did it for me. I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I they had to... Yeah, they had to show the will that they wanted to do it and they could ask their mom questions. Yeah, yep. I was there for them, but they had to uh, come to the table and say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And it actually, I'm so glad I did it that way because I was just so busy. I couldn't help them with like micromanaging them. And it was so fun to watch their confidence grow. When my oldest started, uh, she would get up in front of church, like a little group, uh, girl uh, church setting and she would be so nervous she would shake just to say the prayer and then by the time uh, like three four years later Russell Brunson asked her to speak on a stage of like six thousand people and she did it and she didn't even sweat Whoa. I was like how cool is that that entrepreneurship helped to build her confidence and it was just like this cool thing and then I look back at like my journey and I'm sure Joey you look back at your journey too and just the amount of confidence that's built when you do start your own online business, it's just transformational. That is incredible to, that they can sell over $100,000 before even going to high school. So for you, what was your relationship with money and entrepreneurship growing up? Uh, my grandparents basically raised me. I have amazing parents, but just some, you know, just like happens, crap happens sometimes. And so my parent or my grandparents stepped in and uh, they were raised during the Great Depression. And so I was raised in scarcity. Grandma taught me how to wash out my baggies, recycle my tinfoil, um, do all those. Not out of like Mother Nature, but hey, that's five cents right there. Clean that five cents off, right? Use your tinfoil again. And so 
uh, at first, I, well, actually, like I look back on it and it helped me to be more resourceful. And I think sometimes when you're given too much, you don't learn how to be resourceful. And if you can create a business with nothing, imagine like when you have the money, what you can do with the money. So when people come to me and they're like, I don't have any money to start a business. I'm like, perfect. You were in the best spot ever because it's going to teach you how to be resourceful. And then when you do have money, then you're going to know what to do with it. And so I think that's such a limiting belief that people have of I've got to have so much money before I even start. And I'm like, why? Why? There's so many resources out there that we can use where you don't have to. Like my very first product that I sold in my e-commerce business was leftover crafting supplies headed to the trash can. And then my girls with their scarf business, they uh, borrowed $200 from us and we did charge them interest. Why? Because yes, we're those parents that teach them the interest is a thing. Um, and they borrowed $200 from us and they learned really quickly the value of money and they're really good with their money now. And so I think it is like it such a blessing to not be given money when you first start your business. Uh, yeah, I had to use my money to start my business and it's terrifying because you can scrape it out of your savings. You can put it on a credit card. You can borrow it. You can take away from your family that you're supposed to be feeding and clothing and you have that drive that you have to pay it back and this has to work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I love that mindset and I especially love that mindset with your your kids. And now you taught them that they find security in themselves because they know how to sell. And I find that is something I admire as you as a mother because I'm trying to do that with my five-year-old. So I will definitely continue listening to your podcast and learning everything from you. So thank you for sharing that. You How many kids do you have? So I have one kid and he's a five-year-old and he is very insecure about the fact that he doesn't have money to buy things and he thinks I have all the money. So he wants to start selling. And I was like, well, what do you want to sell? And he wants to sell candy. So we're working up a business plan for how he is going to do the work and sell candy. I'm not, I asked, do you want to sell on Amazon? And he said, no. I said, okay, well then we need to talk through some opportunities. I love it. I love it. I saw some kids um, in my old neighborhood and they just had a candy machine uh, on their front porch where you just put in a quarter and then you turn the knob and I don't know, you like buy gumballs or something like that. And I do think at an early age, the best thing, the setting them up for success is what you want to do. And I think I'm, I'm doing this with my boys now. They're um, 14 and 15, so a little bit older. But online world is so abstract in a way for them at this point in their life. And then also they've lived on Zoom for so many years over COVID. They actually want to talk to humans. And so we're trying to set them up um, to do a business like face to face to build that confidence to be able to go online with my girls. And they were in school. Everything was fine and dandy. So like the internet was like this magical place and it's kind of swapped. So I'm having to do a little bit different strategy with my boys because of um, and just like the world and what they've been through. But I think the ultimate thing is help them build a success early on and whatever they're selling because they don't need to make a hundred thousand. They just need to make three bucks. And then that three bucks can go buy their favorite sticker or whatever right and it's just building up that building up that confidence with them would you agree with that I do agree and the confidence in the kids and also 
this kind of reminds me of the unique mindset you have for anybody who is starting a business and wants to sell products that like to your point, it doesn't matter if you make $3 or $10,000 on your first product because that first product doesn't define you. It really gives you the confidence. And I'm so glad it doesn't. I sold trash. I sold, I've got a block of wood right here on my desk to remind me this is, I sold a naked block of wood. It's like what, an inch and a half by an inch and a half. Uh, and we sold enough of those to pay off my minivan in full. Um, and I really think that when people get in, to this world of selling online, they've got so much trash in their head about it's too good to be true. Uh, Joey can do it. Allison can do it because they got the easy button, right? But we have to help them to get rid of that trash or even just like set it. I always say set it in timeout because I'm a mom and I am really good at putting things in timeout. But like set it aside, right? And really lean into proof. Can I make a dollar? Is one dollar possible? And then when you do make that first dollar, then you take a second and you celebrate it and you acknowledge it. Don't dismiss it like, ah, I just made. I only made. No, like you literally just created money out of thin air. You didn't have to go ask a boss for it. You didn't have to get a raise for it. You didn't have to go get another job for it. You literally just created an idea to a product to something in your bank account. And I think we have to sit and just say, how cool of a process was that? Because then that's going to build your strength to take the next step. Your next step is $100. And then you're going to go $1,000 and then $10,000 and then $100,000. It's just like these baby steps. Because Joy, I'm sure like when you first started, a million dollars, that was like so absurd. No way is that even possible. And so you had to like take a step back and just prove that this world of online selling is actually real and not too good to be true. Yes, exactly. You celebrate the small wins and then you can reset your goals. And it's okay to set small goals in the beginning because you have to prove that this is the product that you're going to want to continue selling. And the product that I made or sold a million of in my first 12 months is not the first product I ever tried selling. I had plenty of failed products. I'm not going to call them failed, but products that made a lower amount of money that I decided, you know what, I want to switch and sell something different because I learned from that. And I did make a little bit of money. Yeah. And just think like college, when you took tests in college, you had to pay college, right? To take a test. <laughs> now as entrepreneurs, we could go out and take a test with our product and we actually can make money. I'm like, how cool is that? That we get paid to take tests, whether we're selling naked blocks of wood or whatever you're selling, like, we literally get paid to take a test. And sometimes the payment may be just in a lot of information because, you know, I've shipped out stuff and I'm like, oh, I forgot to include shipping. I didn't plan for this or I didn't plan for that. And then the next time I sell it, then I've got a higher profit on it. But I think it truly is like we live, entrepreneurs, we can live in this magical world of making money. And that doesn't exist in any other occupation like it does in our world. Yes. And making mistakes is what happens. We've all done that where you don't adjust for the shipping or you undercut the shipping. And it's it's really about just just adjusting as you go and saying, oops. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I love that you talk about like having to start with different products. If we think about like um, uh, Hershey, he didn't start in chocolate right away. He was actually selling caramel before. And then before that, I think it was like some cleaning baking soda or something. Same with like Wrigley's gum. Wrigley's 
gum didn't start out with Wrigley's gum. They started with baking soda and gave gum as a bonus gift, and then gum became their thing. Jeff Bezos started off with books, and now it's Amazon, right? And I think there's just so many times we get into the thing that I sell today is going to define me forever, and if we have those thoughts, that's what's going to kill us. That's what's going to stop us from starting because we're so in everything in there, but that's not how it works. Just get out there. Allow yourself to be messy. Allow yourself to learn. And that gives you the clarity to, I mean, you said you had to go through a bunch to get that clarity to get your million, million sell. And I just, I wish people could remember that that's how learning is. Just like when they started playing piano or walking, you're going to get messy. You're going to fall down. You're going to hit the wrong note here or there. But if you just keep at it over and over again, that's when you create your masterpieces. Yes, so true. You just have to take action and keep going. And I will tell you that that brand that I did get a little bit over a million in sales, I actually, while I was selling it, I was thinking, okay, this is going to end and I'm going to sell this business because there's other stuff I want to sell. I had the bug of I want to off this business. It's a great business, but there's other stuff that I'm more passionate about and I care more about that I'm going to sell. So it was, even though it, it seemed like a great amount in the first year of selling, I still wanted to pivot and do something else. And I think that's what entrepreneurs do. We get antsy. (laughs) And this can be a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because it gives us the inspiration. It gives us the ideas. It keeps us creative. Um, But then the boredom sets in because really running a business, when you have sales coming in, you just do the thing that works over and over and over again. It can kind of get boring. And then our minds want to be creative to create the new thing. And that's, I mean, you talked about for... Uh, businesses that I had, I actually had um, eight at one time. They didn't all hit a million dollar, multi-million dollar, but I was in such a zone of creation, creation that I had to pinky promise my husband that I would not start another another LLC. He's like, okay, can we do a pinky promise here? And I'm like, sure. What What do you want to do? You want to start another business? He's like, no, I'm going to pinky promise you not to start another business. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know how to not do that. And he's like, how about we condense? And I was really grateful for him to be able to do that because, and Joe, you know this, like if you get spread too thin, it, it doesn't hurt. It act, or doesn't help. It actually hurts your business. So we consolidated. Um, and then now, I mean, I like I didn't even, if anybody's watching me on YouTube right now, I didn't even put my makeup on because as soon as we're done with this, I want to go play with my kids. And we're going to go down to the beach and play in the water. Um, and I think sometimes we get lost so much lost in the entrepreneurship that we forget to live life. Like, why did we create this business to have freedom? We can get so sucked in to more, bigger, better that we lose sight of what we we even started this for. And so, yeah, some days I don't put on my makeup to remind me to go get in the water with my boys, um, and my kids and just to be with them. And I just think there's like entrepreneurship is so fun, but it is so easily easy to say, let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more to find out the more is going to take everything away. I know. Big picture. (laughs) I think that is a really cool productivity hack, too. If you don't put makeup on today, then you know you're going to have more time to carve out to spend with your family or say you do put makeup on then you got to knock out four hours of of something that requires makeup. (laughs) So true, right? (laughs) I love it. 
So let's switch into marketing because I've listened to your podcast and I know you've talked on stages with thousands of thousands of people in the room. And 2023 is an exciting year for marketing. Like, What are you excited about? Oh, you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about how things are shifting in the market. I think for a long time, people like the fast fashion was the thing. Um, a, a lot of stuff was the thing. And I think marketing now is turning into sustainable, whether it's a sustainable brand, sustainable products. People are wanting more storytelling instead of here, buy my gold pen, 99 cents, right? People want to feel part of people's journey, part of people's businesses. And I'm I'm seeing that that is so essential in businesses now. Uh, again, 10 years ago with my blog, we were like, oh, click on the link. It's going to take you over to this $2.99 product. Go blow it out. You know, go buy, go buy. And we were just, just like hoarding uh, any deal, any sell we could get. And I think consumers are getting smarter. And saying, you know, I don't want as much like junk, but I want more um, like I want to be more of an experience. And I think we as business owners have the ability to do that, especially now we've got video, we've got tagging, we've got influencer marketing. We can tell such as a much better story than we could five, 10 years ago. And I think COVID, you know, we locked everything down and now people are just craving connection. And especially going into AI, people are going to be like, is that real? Is that AI? I don't know. So we have to be the leaders in connection with humans because that's really what how cells are made is through connection. What do you tell me what you think about where what you think about that? I know I, just I agree like three times. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think the connection and yes, it brands go out of their way to make these uh, beautiful product videos, but they also need to know that there are real people and faces with families and passion and care behind the brand. And I don't feel like during COVID and other times that that was part of it. People were looking for deals and things were selling out. And now everyone's coming back and over craving connection. Yeah, and I love how you said like the over-edited videos. Oh my gosh, those are not working. The raw videos, it's almost like we were taught five, six years ago. I mean, we're taught by ads, we're taught by, you know, the marketing trends to stand out in the market. And I don't think that's it anymore. I think it's blending in where influencers are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I had this hair scrunchie today. I was out and I had lipstick on. I couldn't see. It was like a hurricane and the hair was in my face. And I'm so glad I have this scrunchie around my wrist. And I just put it here. Oh, and then look, I pull my hair out and my hair is not like all cranky. So great. And then people are like, well, where did you get that? Where did you get that? And then they drop the links and it is more natural. It's like blending in versus like, oh, ad time. I've got a scrunchie. Buy one now, $2.99 or whatever the price is, right? And so it really is like blending in to, uh, into people's world versus standing out so much, which I think that's such a crazy concept. I would have never even thought that was a thing five years ago, but I'm seeing how well it works, especially with influencer marketing, when they're just using it over and over and over again, as though it's part of their life. People are like, what is that? What are you doing? What is that, you know, paint color? What jeans are you wearing? What shoes are you wearing? What lipstick you got on? 
they're just craving um, information without the influencer needing to be so bold with what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely like peer to peer, like consistently giving recommendations. And I hear my neighbors giving recommendations all the time. And I was like, hey, y'all need to get like your influencer site set up because you're <laughs> recommending expensive products that you could be making percentages off of. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was talking to one of um, uh, a student today and she said she was working with an influencer with 200 followers. We're not talking like massive influencer, like 200 followers. And she sold 200 products. And I was wow. like, that is unreal. <laughs> And so people don't have to have like these huge, huge following, following counts anymore. These nano and these tiny influencers that probably don't even realize they're influencers are influencing so greatly that it's just fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to be part of what is happening in 2023. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the algorithms, too, with social media are putting more weight on the value, right? So the person who has the 200 followers, well, whatever she did as the influencer video was really good content. So she got boosted in the algorithm. So I love hearing those stories. So fun. It's so fun. I love how we can win at no matter what stage we are, right? The influencer made money with 200 followers. The business made money working with an influencer with 200 followers. It's not like... Uh, when my grandparents were around and they had to go mortgage their house to even start a business and start with their phone and trash. We don't have to have massive, massive things anymore. Yes, exactly. Now, when I don't know for your experience, but for one of a couple of my experiences, when I was first starting out selling stuff, I was a little apprehensive to even tell people what I was doing. And I would say the few people I did tell what I was selling, I kind of felt like they laughed at me a little bit. And maybe I was being sensitive back then because I was really hoping for my wins to come in. But have you ever experienced that? Oh, for sure. When did you start? So the first product I ever, ever created on my own was in 2017. And some people were like, huh, that's a weird product. And then again, in 2020, end of 2020, beginning of 2021 is when I really started to build that business that I built to over a million in sales. And that business, when I first started, was when people were like kind of made fun of it the most at the beginning. Um. So if anybody ever makes fun of your stuff, y'all you have to think of is a Chia Pet. Like that's the stupidest product in the whole world. And they're a bajillion dollar company, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Chia Pets. And uh, no offense if anybody loves Chia, but my son got one the other day for a present. I'm like, oh, man. I mean, he waters it. It grows mold. It attracts fruit, flies, and it goes in the trash. That's like the life cycle of a Chia <laughs> Pet. It never looks like the box, ever, ever. And so when people are like, I have to have this brilliant idea, I'm like, do you? Have you ever had a Chia Pet in your house? Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I started e-commerce because I um, didn't want to sell to friends and family. I actually ran my business for six months before my sister-in-law comes up to me at a family party and she's like, oh my gosh, did you hear about, and the the store that I started was called Pick Your Plum. And I was like, mm, tell me about it. And she said, oh, it's got this and this and this and like saying all the highlights of it. And I'm like, oh, phew, she likes it. She doesn't hate it. Because of course I'm on edge going, shoot, did customer service? 
did she not like a product? Like I was so scared of what she was going to say. And she's like, you've got to get on their email list because they sell out every day. They sell out really, really fast. And I just smiled and I'm like, Natalie, um, that's my business. And she's like, what? That's your business? I had no clue. And we were, you know, six months into this business and my brother walks around the corner and he's like, you own Pick Your Plum? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, if you don't block Natalie's credit card <laughs> the rest of my life, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. He's like, every single day, Allison, there's a purchase from Pick Your Plum. And now I find out it's my sister. Oh, that is not cool. And so what I do, I take Natalie to the corner and I'm like, okay, Natalie, this and this and this are coming up next week. You got to hop on these days. They're going to be so good. And it was just such a fun moment to know that I didn't have to go approach her and be like, so, hi, I started this business. You want to buy from me a friends and family discount? Like, I give them friends and family discount. Um, they just wanted to be there. They wanted the product. They wanted, they just wanted it. And I love that I didn't have to be the face of my company. I was never, I mean, a couple of times I got suckered in to be the model, which I hated, <laughs> but I was not the face of my company. And I loved it because I was the, I'm still an introvert. Like I had to go through three years of God yelling at me to start teaching. So I'm like, no, 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 I'll just sell my cupcake liners. I'll just sell my paper straws. And he's like, no, you need to teach. And I was like, I don't want to. They make fun of my eyebrows. Some <laughs> wear makeup. And some days I know. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, I love e-commerce because you do not have to be the face of your company at all. And you don't have to tell anybody. And so all those people that are like, you're going to sell what? You're going to sell what? They don't even, you don't even have to listen to them because they don't know what you're doing. So yeah, and yeah, I'm passionate about that. <laughs> and the same people come back and they're like, wait, I remember you kind of telling me you were selling something into my head. I'm like, oh, like when you laughed? And that's why I tell you absolutely nothing I do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. So they don't. I'm right there with you. And like another product I sold. Uh, oh, I just put... Uh, I sold empty French fry boxes and I'm ordering them. And my husband comes in. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting French fry boxes. And he goes, without the French fries? And I was like, yeah. And he, and we thought about it for a minute. French fry boxes are in half the minivans across the world crumpled up in the back seat of their car, right? Yeah. And he just, he was like, okay. And he smiled and he walked out. And I'm so glad that I had the confidence in me at that point to choose my product because I saw the vision of the french fry boxes he didn't he was like don't you just get those at McDonald's but french fry why is anybody gonna buy an empty french fry box but I knew my customer and I knew they hated um bake cells like I think bake cells are made for moms to feel like crap because I can't cook I burn everything I mean same I, some days I struggle cooking rice right I, are you like that do you struggle cooking yeah I mean I buy the instant rice and I put it in the microwave and I can still mess it up <laughs> okay okay you totally understand um and so my moms that i was selling to they had new babies the last thing they wanted to do was cook for a bake sale and so i like, go to the store get the pink frosted cookies with the sprinkles on it throw a handful in the french fry box put a bow around it put them on a tray and you're gonna walk in proudly to that bake sale and you're gonna sell out first and be queen of the bake sale and we sold hundreds of thousands of those and then I came back the next time and I'm like, have you ever been um, camping and you're pulling out the s'mores, you put out the chocolate, you put out the marshmallows, um, you put out the graham crackers and you turn around to find out your toddler 
has taken the marshmallows and dumped them in the dirt. Teenager <laughs> has eaten all the chocolate. And then the graham crackers got knocked on the ground and they're on a million pieces. And you just want to sit there and cry because all you wanted was a s'more. I mean, you packed and planned the whole dang camping trip to enjoy one s'more. And you just want to cry. Now, put these s'more kits in these french fry boxes and you say, here, two-year-old, put it in the dirt. I don't care. And then you hand it to the teen. There's yours. Don't touch mine. And you get to have this beautifully clean s'more kit to you, yourself as a reward because you just crushed this camping trip. And all the moms were like, yes, yes, I get it. I just want a clean s'more with no dirt on it and not have to bite through the dirt and share with my kid. They just wanted a s'more. And so we sold it like that and we sold hundreds of thousands of them. And so it really is like, I don't know, making your people feel amazing. And I don't know why I went on that tangent, but I just think sales is so different what, than what the world teaches. Of instead of like, buy my cute French fry boxes. No, put that story behind it. How does that product solve your person's problem? And then that's a game changer. Absolute game changer. And it is. And you solved a whole lot of problems. You solved the walking <laughs> into the bake sale to you actually get to enjoy the s'more. And I am a mom. And yes, I always want to enjoy the s'more. And I can only count like, you know, maybe three times that I've actually been able to have the s'more because of incidences you just talked about. Yeah, they're so real. They're so real. They're so raw. And it just invokes this feeling of, yes, I just wanted to eat a s'more. I just want to eat a s'more. <laughs> yes. And then you get your first couple of sales and there you have it. You prove that there are hundreds of s'more wanting moms and people out there. And that's how a business can start. Yep. It's all about solving problems, showing people how your product makes their life better. And it can be as simple as French fry boxes. It doesn't have to be complex, I think. And maybe you experience this too. A lot of people that I talk to, they're like, I got to have a, a Shark Tank idea with a trademark and a patent. It's got to be a brand new idea. And I'm like, why? I sold a couple million dollars in pillowcases. Why? Because people are buying pillowcases. Why would I go invent something new? Why not just sell people what they need? what they're already buying. Let's just make it easier. Let's go faster. Let's create that income so much faster. And then if you've ever worked with a lawyer, I'm so glad I'm not one. I'm so grateful there are lawyers out there, but I'd rather just sell a product where I didn't have to get a lawyer to make me a patent and a trademark and go down that route. <laughs> yeah, right. You can get to that point, but you definitely don't have to start that way. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Start selling now and then later down the road then if you want to do that then you have the money to pay the lawyer to be able to do something like that yes i love it and this all goes back to just just taking the first couple of steps to start selling is really what it boils down to and that's how you became so successful and that's how i found success so good it's so good what are some of the things that you first sold i'd love to know that so the very first thing i ever sold and I still sell today is wallpaper. So I do custom wallpaper design and I've always had a passion for artwork and I still sell wallpaper just kind of more B2B, but I did sell uh, wall tiles that could be painted and I sold those. And then I tried to sell um, a stroller strap, like a strap that connects your wrist to a stroller um, in order to make sure that babies did not roll away from their parents or nannies. 
if they didn't put the brake on as like an extra security. And that product was a total flop, but it got me thinking, hey, I, I think I can do better next time. And then I moved into selling um, outdoor sports equipment and accessories. And now I I wrote a book on infertility, and now I love to sell infertility products and women's health products, stuff that I'm a little bit more passionate about and like to share my stories around. I actually interviewed someone on my podcast um, about that the other day, and they went from a couple thousand dollars a month to now they're doing million-dollar months because it is such a need out there. So congratulations. Like, that is so cool, and people are needing that so much, so... Thank you for writing. Writing a book's hard. So hard. <laughs> Hang started. I can't get through my first chapter. So props to you for writing a book about it and then selling products to help with that. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm not the face of it. Like on the book I am. But as far as the products go, it you know, that's another great thing of selling online. It's it's the keywords that somebody puts into wherever they're shopping. And so I don't have to sit there and overtell my story. But if somebody wants to know, like, who is this person behind the brand, then there's my full story in the book. And writing the book was very therapeutic for me because I did about nine rounds of fertility. And so it was also a way to share my story and hopefully help people. And they'll do it a little bit better than I did. Oh, my gosh. Nine rounds. I can't even imagine. You are a superstar. Oh, thank you. Is that I haven't had to go through that, but I've had friends and yeah, you kind of go. It's like now that I have my little boy, it the story kind of starts to fade, but like the pain doesn't go away of what you went through. So I, when I hear other people struggling, it's like my heart just like like feels for them. I'm like, oh man, I want to help them, and that's kind of my passion product. Like I know you have passion products, but that mine all lies with anybody who has a desire to have a kid and is struggling. And look what you've done with it. You've taken your pain to help alleviate other people's pain. This is why you're successful is because you just don't hide in the closet and say, I'm struggling with this. You're like, no, this really sucks. This is what helped me in my journey. I'm here for you. And I think that is just another like key of what we're talking about. This trend, this marketing, it's like compassion, really showing up for your customers in a way it has we haven't been able to, or it has felt like maybe a little strange. Now it's expected. Like I'm here for you. I'm I understand the pain. You're not alone in this journey. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So yes. congratulations. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for recognizing it. I appreciate that. Well, Allison, I know that we've been talking a while and I really appreciate all of your honest and open insight into your journey. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? I think if you're just starting and I'm, I, I should have asked before, um, are most listeners new to this journey? I think some listeners are new, but really, I feel that anybody who is selling online is always looking for new products, new inspiration, and new ways to build their business. So especially when you're doing product research, like you feel like you're kind of starting all over, even if, even if you've already hit the million, two, three, five million mark. 
Okay, so I'm actually going to um, encourage people to do this. I want, um, this helped me so much in my journey. I kept two files. One file of uh, testimonials that really impacted me. So whenever I'm having a hard day or whenever I say I'm going to quit, I'm going to go back to teaching junior high kids <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, it's a folder that I can get into and just say, okay, wait, this is why I do what I do. I'm impacting lives. I'm I'm showing up every day, even though it's not hard or even though it's so hard, but I'm going to show up every single day. And you look at that. And then also you take the uh, the one star reviews, the ones that you're like, wait, what? Um, and you put those in a file for the days that you just need to laugh. I go back and look at that file when I first started teaching and I I put in some of the negative comments that came in that really bothered me and I put them in a file and now I go back and look at them like five or six years ago and I'm like, I can't believe that bothered me. That's so silly. <laughs> and it's just shown me how much I've grown. Like there's one, um, I don't know, somebody was making fun of my voice, someone was making fun of my eyebrows, someone was making fun of, like you name it. And I look back at those and I'm like, I, that's so interesting that that bothered me then. But now I don't care. I don't even show up with makeup on anymore. Like what my purpose is, is to be able to focus on those that I'm truly impacting. And I will attract people that are meant for me. And I will repel those who want perfect eyebrows because I'm not going to give it to them. And I think if we just keep focusing on that, like we're supposed to attract our perfect customer but then are also supposed to repel. And if we can just know that that's part of the process, then it's going to help us to focus on those that we are meant to serve. And I think a lot of times when entrepreneurs get started, they take those one-star reviews and it's such a beating to their soul. And I'm like, no, this is just going to be your light later on. It's going to make you laugh in two to three years um, and to help you to really focus in on those you're meant to serve. Like your product was meant to serve certain people. And so, I don't know, that's that's what I say. And then also if that person comes in to, and like beats you down and one day they become, they run for president or something, then you've got some stuff on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So keep that file for two things, yourself and revenge. <laughs> so no, just don't quit. It just, I don't know. It's just so fun out there. It's hard, but it is such a blessing to start a business and keep it going. Well, Allison, we've been talking for quite some time, and I really appreciate you sharing your journey with us. If people want to know more about you, what's the best way to find you? So I have a podcast called How to Sell Online with Allison J. Prince, and then my social handle is Allison J. Prince. I did put a J in the middle for SEO purposes. There's other Allison Princes out there, and I wanted to get SEO faster. <laughs> so I added the J, and it worked out really well for me. So yeah, Allison J. Prince on all the social handles. I love it. And you look absolutely gorgeous without makeup. You don't need any of it. You're my best friend. <laughs> well, I hope we get to have you on again in the future. And until then, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's AMZ fearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. 
Until next time, stay fearless.